Um, welcome yeah. back to. <laughs> that that bootleg fucking Tim Allen dude. God listen listen to this. <laughs> so yeah. That's about all I've been doing. What have you been up to today? <laughs> I had worked overnight last night. Mm-hmm. I went home and I scoured the house for a sweatshirt that got lost in my travels last week. Called around the, like the hotel and shit. Finally tracked the fucking thing down, okay. which was awesome because like I thought I was gonna have to buy a new one. It was like an Under Armour fleece fucking blah blah blah. It was you know like pretty expensive sweatshirt. Uh huh. Well, I had the, the front desk attendant at the Days Inn for Gettysburg. I forget her name because I'd name drop because she was really awesome. She's like, we have a service where we all you got to do is pay for shipping and we'll send it back to you. Cool. Yeah, so. So that'll only be $70. Yeah, they'll probably upcharge it like most hotels do, but. $75. <laughs> Oh my god. I just found a picture just to get back into meme bullshit for a minute. It says this is the lungs of a marijuana user. It's really sad when this dope what this dope can do to your body. Please be smart, put down the dope and pick up the hope. And it's very clearly a picture of a walnut, like a shelled walnut. And the comment on it's like Nana, this is a picture of a walnut. <laughs> <laughs> Put down the dope and pick up the hope. You know, I don't know if... That's... Truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) If it wasn't for um, perpetual self-destruction, I'd still be a drug addict. (laughs) Like, straight up. Like, there's no... Uh, I didn't pick up the hope. I just got broke. Just pick up the broke. Yeah, do, pick up the broke. You won't have to worry about drugs. You won't have to worry about drugs at that point if you just don't have any money for them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty quick cessation program. Be poor. Welcome to lower class America. Welcome to quote unquote middle class. This isn't the middle class. Everybody is at the poverty line anymore. Well, especially when you only make $24,000 a year. Jesus. Yeah. Can Do you remember the days when 20 bucks was like a lot of money? Yeah, you could get like five packs of cigarettes and shit. Mm-hmm. Or like go rent seven movies or something or... Go rent movies. Man, I haven't thought about renting movies in a long-ass time. I don't know why I thought about it the other day. I uh, thought about uh, when Kaylee and I, when she was going to ship, there was a blockbuster right there near campus that we went to regularly, and it was just cool. There's nothing comparable these days. Like, looking at your Netflix queue, not the same as having to go and get dressed and go to a building and look at 
here's a million dollar fucking idea. And then Netflix. that anger, and then that anger when you would have the uh, the box, but then you pull them all out, and there's not a copy of the DVD there. That's it's, like dealing with any red box anywhere. Yeah, I've never rented from a red box. I would well, rather steal. You always <laughs> you always see horror stories of people that will like rent a new game or rent one of the new movies and it's like just a cardboard printed fucking like dvd it's not even the real dvd now how do you not get charged for that at that point because somebody's eventually getting charged for that thing is you can get these prepaid debit cards and shit from walmart right Mm -hmm. that still count as debit cards okay and you don't have to like legitimize it at all you can yeah. pay cash for it. You can load it with cash. So it's kind of like uh, a thieves loophole, so to speak. There's loopholes in the economic system everywhere. No. And it, yeah. Believe it or not. Yes. Yes, Queen. Um. Yeah. I always thought there had to be a nice loophole there. That would be how you would do it. Yeah, I mean, you just get one of those stupid fucking Walmart cards, put like 20 bucks on it, and go rent a couple movies, and, you know, bam, you got a game. Yeah. Or, you know, a movie, or or what have you. I often also thought that uh, renting from there, you have no guarantee they're not going to be, like, used as a coaster for two days and look like absolute trash. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that also. Fuck renting. In the uh, disc era, at least. Like, when we used to rent Nintendo games, that that made sense. It's a hard plastic cartridge. You're not going to fuck up. And, you know. Like, disc-based anything, I'd say... Like, in the PS1 era on... I'd say one in five games I got were absolutely unplayable when I rented them, you know, especially from Gamefly. Oh, man, Gamefly. Yeah, that was it. The the idea was okay. Yeah, it was a good idea, but implementation is so hard to. Well, and it's always it's hard. It's always hard to factor in just how fucking terrible people are when you come up with a business plan like that. Yeah. Cause like, do you remember what we used to do with CDs and DVDs mm-hmm. and shit? We used to throw them like frisbees at each other oh, until they yeah. would explode off the hard wall. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was usually the AOL discs, though. Well, it, it wasn't anything that mattered. Blank discs that didn't burn properly and shit like that too. But I wonder if anybody's still on America Online. Oh, I'm sure there's some computers that if they were connected to the internet now it would unleash the plague of fucking 2019 of viruses that haven't existed they existed pre you know avast and shit that said there's still people paying for uh dial-up certainly yeah and, and there's got to be old people that just forgot they have a grandfathered um aol thing from their Days of a thousand free hours of AOL that they've just been getting charged twenty dollars a month forever now. It's it, just part of my budget. I don't. I have a limited budget, but AOL has to come out first. 
I like I like to get on my Fox News website and read about my Donald Trump. Keyword fake news. Fake 'em. I like fake 'em. Is it steakums? Fake 'em. So Des I, is a fan of steakum. I am a fan of steakum as well. It's uh pretty tasty for as low budget trash as it is, you know? You know what I refuse to eat anymore? Was that? Fucking ramen noodles, dude. Yeah, I always feel like I got, I don't know, beat by a ball bat or some shit when I beat, eat that anymore. Beat by poisonous food. Yeah. We went through a real rough patch financially, uh, like last October into November when we moved out to Vandergrift. Mm-hmm. Like we were asked out, and the only thing we had to survive on was ramen noodles and food bank applesauce. Yeah. And I won't eat either of the two of those items anymore. I don't blame you. Yeah, there's certain things I won't ever touch again for different reasons. Vladimir Vodka comes to mind. Vladimir Vodka does come to mind. <laughs> I won't I won't touch whiskey at all. Like no yeah. whiskey at all. I've you've noticed. seen the re- yeah, you've seen the reaction I have to that. I smell it and I throw up. That's pretty funny. My body was trained well to know that it's poison. There was a manager that used to work where I work now. Um, he would drink. He claimed, and I have reason to believe him, he was telling the truth. He would drink a quart of vodka in the parking lot before he walked in in the morning. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was, except for it had to be fucking cheap ass vodka because it smelled like Vlad every time he came Ew. in and it's like oh god you're gonna make me puke just with your breath Vlad and then was he... like one step one chemical step away from rubbing alcohol I think oh yeah well then he would be like you know you know what I like about vodka's people can't tell you're drinking vodka it's like <laughs> okay yeah dude I stopped believing that when I was 15 but <laughs> you do yeah. you I stopped believing that the one time I got busted by mom and dad when I was pissed drunk at probably 15. (laughs) And I was standing at the Martins in Saxton before it was even the, well, no, it was the Martins, but. um, Before the new Martins, yeah. They're like, you need to come home. I was like, no, I don't. I don't know what home is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going home. I'm not done partying yet. I mean, I'm not done hanging out yet. I'll ride oh. home with Jeremy. Listen, I'm not partying. I'm just... And I proceeded to drink more that night and got <laughs> sick as a fucking dog. So it goes. That's how we learn limits. You know? When the, when you're drinking alcohol, I, I never had limits. Like you I gotta learn sh- to crawl before you learn to walk. Before you learn to claw. <laughs> I, have I have still never had. I have a black cherry, I think it is, sitting in my fridge still. Yeah. They're pretty good, but like my days of alcohol consumption like are just over, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty much over it for the most part. Every like once I, in a while I wanna get ripped up, but it's I, I always I, regret it. I kind of feel like Huey Lewis at this point, because I need a new drug. I want a new drug. See, I thought about trying to track that shit down, man, but I don't even know anybody at all that um, 
even... Don't they have to extract it from corpses or some dumb shit? I actually don't know how it's derived. I don't know how it would be safely derived to it's not... Like brain scrapings or something. <laughs> <laughs> some brain squeezings. I, uh, I did watch... Uh, Joe Rogan had a... He narrated and hosted a documentary called DMT, The Spirit Molecule. Mm. And um, it was really, really good, really informative. But a lot of what chemists have found is DMT is essentially like a baser molecule mm-hmm. that has been evolved into other molecules in a lot of shit. Like psilocybin in mushrooms is okay. an advanced form of DMT. Um, there's there's other things that you know ayahuasca. I, uh, see, I've only ever heard of that shit. I don't even know what that is. Ayahuasca is pretty much, I think, the natural form. The, the natural way of getting DMT. I would have somebody will have to fact check that, but I know there's like Amazonian like adventures that you can pay to go on where you can hang out with like tribal shamans and drink ayahuasca tea that'll fucking you'll trip you'll trip your genitals off for like 12 15 hours. But Jeez. you'll be in the middle of the Amazonian rainforest while you're doing it, so it'd be even scarier because there's piranhas. This is the shit that that episode of Metalocalypse is based on. Ayahuasca? Yeah, what they did the Bloodlines video. You've probably never really watched that I show. I think I do remember that actually. No, I watched some of it. Because they uh they uh cooked it down into dust and then they would take like a either a dart or like the shoot itself and shoot the dust into their faces and they would just trip fucking balls and turn into their spirit animals in their head. See, yeah, and that's, see this is this is the derivative of DMT. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, like it's it's really neat and it, I don't know for perception wise and for spirituality wise, shamanism, you know, cuz we we kind of grew up on like a certain format of shamanism. Whether Oscar versus peyote. Yeah, see, I think peyote also is a DMT derivative, or not a derivative, but like a modified molecule, like an evolved molecule of it. Somebody like on the equivalent of a Yahoo Answers asked what the difference was, and the very first comment is, if you want to know, why don't you take them at the same time and find out? <laughs> no. It's like, that's, that's not how drugs work. <laughs> Especially a um, hallucinogen, man. You don't want to mix, like in my personal experience, you don't want to mix anything with a hallucinogen. Well, the craziest like, thing I ever mixed was alcohol with pot, and that didn't end well. So, I the mean, first like, time, The first time I ever did LSD... I proceeded to drink a lot, a lot of alcohol, and it. I think it really diminished the experience. Now, I had a really good time, Yeah. but I think it diminished the, the spiritual effect of, of the hallucinations and the, you know, the experience. Now, the second time I did it, 
I didn't do anything else. And that was a wild ride in a rainy forest. It was a, it was a trip. <laughs> um, For sure. It was a trip. I don't know. Maybe what you th- perceived as a lot of alcohol was just enough to depress your system to not fucking be a wild ride. I don't know. I don't know yeah, much about maybe it. it. Yeah, maybe it was a survival mechanism. Maybe it was, um, you know, maybe it was something that I did, like, it was getting too intense, so I just drank more so it wouldn't be as intense. But it was, like, a very large quantity of keg beer that I drank. Like, yeah. I stood there for hours and just drank beer in front of the keg. Well, I, for one, am high on life. Yeah, <laughs> drop the dope. Pick up the hope. Pick up the hope. I have a lot of caffeine in my system at all times. but See, it doesn't even fucking do anything other than give me anxiety anymore. Yeah, I have to stave the headache off, and I think it yep. causes the anxiety, and it's just... if They say that uh, caffeine cessation is up there with, like, heroin in your mind, at least, for the first couple days. And I'm then... sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And then, like, the headaches and shit, but it's like, it's uh, dude, not going to kill you. Heroin and alcohol cessation would both potentially kill you, but um, don't think you're going to die from stop drinking that French press. I know that I would much rather take a punch in the face than go, like, at my heaviest caffeine consumption. When I was drinking, like, five or six Mountain Dew amps or red bulls a day mm-hmm. i would much rather take a punch square in the forehead than go a day without them at that point because mm-hmm. the yeah. headache wasn't even comparable like a, a punch to the face like the headache yeah it sucks it hurts yeah but the caffeine withdrawal headache from your body wanting it that bad man yeah. it's like your whole all your blood vessels are just screaming all at the same time that's pretty fun. No. I like it. It's fun. Um. God. I've tried to. Uh, I tried to stop nicotine consumption. Yeah, I can tell. And, well, you can hear my vape kick keying up probably every thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Is it is it non nicotine or? No. Oh no, it's six milligram. It's uh, it's up there on what they sell. So you, know. you said you want to cut back, or I've you... tried. Like I've used the patch. Yeah. And I found myself. This is ridiculous, and I'm not making this up. I was trying to quit smoking when I first started my hormones because they really, really, um, don't want people like developing. Deep vein, thromb- and shit. Yeah. deep vein thrombosis yeah in the legs and stuff yeah. so they 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 tell you you need to stop smoking you'd stop nicotine consumption altogether yeah well i was on the patch the patch wasn't quite cutting it so i bought gum well the gum wasn't quite cutting it so i was smoking cigarettes at the same time yeah so i was on the patch chewing gum and smoking cigarettes all at the same time and I think it's one of those things that 
when you build a tolerance to it, you can just keep pushing that limit. Yeah. At least for me, the way that like I build tolerances, like I just need more and more and more. It's a cumulative upkeep. Yeah. Yeah, most things are. But um It was bad, dude, because I was going through a you know, the the boxes of patches were like forty bucks. So I'd go through a box of patches in two weeks. A pack a ten pack of the gum was probably I think five or six bucks at the time. And I was smoking a pack of cigarettes. So God I was damn. I was putting out like, you know, anywhere between twelve and fifteen dollars a day with an additional forty dollars every two weeks. So like I was working to be a nicotine addict. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I worked to be a nicotine addict and a driver. Well like between living commuting commute. two hours. Yeah, that's just foolish. But what are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing around here that pays that well for that position or anything. But, oh, my God, I keep talking myself in and out of it, though, too, you know? Well, I mean, Walmart, D.C. is significantly closer. You could hop on 220 and be there probably in 30 minutes. Well, you know the story. I tried applying to Walmart DC before yeah. I went to Target and I got turned down because of my forearm tattoos. But that's also over 10 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, but and still. And a lot of professional acceptability and um you could cover them up. In uh in a retrospect, I probably could have raised hell and got hired them but i didn't want to start on that ground you know well i think uh you probably did yourself some amount of justice by not because at least in my mind yeah but sometimes stinks are worth making sometimes they're not you know what i mean oh and you better believe joe blow would have got buried by walmart i I would have gotten nowhere. It's like, you're not even employed by us, and you want to, fuck you, get out of here. Well, just look at the way the culture has changed in the last 10 years with tattoos. Tattoos went from being taboo to being required for beauty standards in a lot of places. Yeah. So, I mean, the the culture shift has changed. Now, conservative Christianity that Walmart's kind of owned by... Yeah. run by hasn't so uh it's not like i bet i wonder if that's a prereq for uh like let's say chick-fil-a chick-fil-a probably says no tattoos of any kind you're not making it to my heaven or dealing my chicken with tattoos you can't wear shorts and go to my church and go to my heaven is that one of those things Mm-hmm. what a guy yeah what, what a, a guy. fucking guy. I uh, I don't think we have discussed that on this show, but I did on DFC. Like, that was officially my line in the sand that I became per, uh, perpetually disillusioned with religion. You yeah, know? I think it was, it was one of the real big points for me as well. It really yeah. was, and we were we were young, man. We were like what seven and five, nine and seven. We were young. Yeah, it was young. 
I want to say under 10 for me and two yeah, and but, a half years younger for you. Yeah. You know, but um, it's vacation Bible school in August. You can't wear shorts. You won't go to heaven. Yeah, we actually got banned from the church from going to the vacation Bible school that was literally right across the street from our house. And, you know, we were still stupid kids that thought, oh, yeah, I want to go to VBS. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that whole family. Well, see, the thing is, like. I think for us, it was the Jesus events were a side note to the just getting out of the house and doing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, doing Ju- crafts and dumb shit. As jumping out of trees. You remember that weeping willow tree that we used to jump out of? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I guess maybe it was a professional. Maybe it was for his insurance because if we were wearing shorts and we got bit by the snakes, then maybe we would have uh, ended up with a lawsuit he couldn't afford. And he was just well, trying to see the the thing is when a church keeps snakes for I don't you to, think, to drink I don't, of their poison. I don't think they ever did, did they? No, they didn't. That's just, but I was there are say, that churches just, that do. Oh, I know, but that just became part of our mythos. It was... Well, it it they they came off a lot like Southern Baptists, and Southern Baptists, I think, are the ones who do the uh, pray through the snake venom yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, it definitely came off. That's how they were swinging. You know, the sword of Christ was you can pray through anything, and and. Here's my my thoughts on that, man. Like, I don't think we would have been given the knowledge of modern medicine by whatever, whomever, wherever we derived it. Science. If we weren't supposed to use it. Yeah. Yeah. You know I what know. I mean? And no, I don't believe that science is the only thing. I don't believe that religion is the only thing. I think all things that are knowable yeah. are all interconnected. I don't think it's something that that any one thing is mutually excused, exclusive to the other. Yeah. So well, I don't think any religion has it absolutely right. No, be- I don't either. Because how could they? You know, like nobody knows what comes after death. As the nihilist says on his deathbed, here goes nothing. You know. <laughs> yes. Herpetider. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's fucking funny as shit. oh god oh god i just saw this picture again of the teeth that are like a hundred teeth per teeth you're gonna have to be a little more clear on that because are you talking about katithlu or no the other one that fucking makes me want to barf it looks like it's teeth maybe i don't want to look at it no you used to send it to me like a fucker <laughs> Do you remember now? There's so many fucking things I've sent to you that like I it's knew a, were tr- were problematic that It's it's a web p, but go ahead and download that. <laughs> oh fuck. I open with Google Chrome, you fuck. God, I hate <laughs> I fucking hate Windows 10. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. That one disturbed you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's only because of you that I've ever seen that. That is fucking so wrong. Maybe we should make that the episode art. <sighs> I don't care. I don't, Dude, I think our tolerance for the universe, so to speak, is um, driving away listeners. Why you say that? Because um, that that picture there probably would have legit made some people throw up. Oh, yeah. I uh, I don't think you should make that the episode art, even on the Patreon episode, because what in the fuck? We uh, that was hard fought to get the ones we have. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, we've been picking up one a month. <laughs> Which is very great. Thank no, you I'm, all so I'm far. Gracious for that. Yeah, but, hell yeah. But that, tell that, your friends that uh, those teeth aren't gonna help anything. No, oh my god! Like I, I still like I want to look at it again, but <laughs> I'm still kind of reeling from the nausea that it produced. <laughs> this makes for great radio. Oh yeah. <laughs> let's let's existential crisis over a f- picture that only we can see. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I have good news. What's that? I just heard back from Keys. He said he's going to be available for the next episode. The next episode? What about now? No, he said he's got to be up in a few hours. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll work. That's cool. So uh, we can do this off pod. What the fuck? What am I what? doing? I was, gonna, I was gonna make I was gonna make plans and it's like, well, why would I do that on the podcast? That's stupid. Um, Here's one thing that back to the holes. Or not the holes, man. See, like I'm traumatized by patterns of holes, like tryptophobia or whatever it is. Really? That's no, just I, an internet fucking no, phobia. It's it's really not, dude. Like that tooth picture. The nausea that I felt there, I get the same thing from fucking honeycombs. Honeycombs? Pomegranates. There's... Let me... Allow me to... Let me clear my throat. That's not just a internet thing, man. Unless... Oh. Come now. I eat honeycomb for breakfast. <laughs> like the cereal. It's a good joke. You just don't get it. Oh, God. Come on. Have some real phobias like snakes. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> snakes. You're not scared of snakes? No. What the fuck? I'm not scared of snakes. What about I, Copperhead? Uh, no. What about a rattlesnake? No. I I am on automatic kill mode. A lot I go full on fucking <laughs> little girl mode. Like, <laughs> I... No! <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't fare well with snake boys. Now... Tell me you're not scared of spiders, though. No, I'm not scared of spiders. I don't give a fuck about a spider. I'll smash no. the bitch. I flick the fucker. 
It's like you're it's like you're small. If I'm really Dude, worried about life, you, I'll get my keyboard cleaner and fucking freeze your ass. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a funny story. Um, Chair and I work at the same place on mm-hmm. different shifts. One day, um, the basement in the house that we work in. Wait, um, just for the podcast, whose chair? My wife. My wife. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we have. There's a good get, ten-year-old joke. I love it. We get wolf spiders, the big fucking brown wolf spiders, yeah, in the basement of the house we work in. One day, she took fucking hairspray and set it on fire. She sprayed it all up with hairspray, Hell and yeah. then she, she lit it, and then she just sprayed it as it was burning. Is she scared of them or not? Yeah. Oh, she's deathly afraid of them. Yeah, but she fucking went full on Ripley on it, so that's pretty bad. Well, I think that was a that was a, a fight or flight reaction, and she's definitely more of a fight than a flight in most cases. She's hardcore, man, and and that the shoot that must have triggered that fight reaction because. So here's a uh, long-winded fucking this is such a weird headline and such i know i'm gonna have to explain it to you um have you heard this garbage rap song called old town road yes i have by lil nas x yes okay did you know that the musical sample is from the nine inch nails ghosts album negative i did not 34 ghosts four is the name of the song well trent reznor just won a cma award for old town road because it's like wow. a banjo sample he was playing. So Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails just won a country music award for a rap song that sampled it. The fuck is going on, man? I was we gonna are... say we're in 2019. What the fuck generation? What what happened? I don't know, man. Do you remember it, in 2001? Think... Was it 2000 2001? Where he played, they, Nine Inch Nails played The Fragile. 99. At like the, was it 99? Yes. I thought it was the VMAs the following year. I think the VMAs were 9999 that year. I thought that they, was the release date of The Fragile also. Maybe. I don't know. Hold but on. anyhow, when they played the song The Fragile from Left, it was it was fucking groundbreaking oh my god and it was so taboo you know 20 years ago they're like oh nine inch nails did you ever hear um with the last major album cycle with um what was it called hesitation marks with um copy of a yes did you hear the Grammy version of that with Lindsey Buckingham playing the guitar? Negative, I did not. Motherfucker, you need to look that up. It is okay. so cool. Apparently, I looked into it after the fact, and Lindsey Buckingham actually did guitar work on one of the songs on that album, but it wasn't Copy of A. It was something else. But, um, yeah, that, that was so cool. But um, that performance was actually famous because they fucking wrapped it up before it was over and uh 
Trent and Queens of the Stone Age and Lindsey Buckingham and all were like, you know what, guys? Fuck you. Fuck the Grammys. Fuck the Grammy Awards. Fuck everybody. You know, wow. you're going to you're going to cut off the one rock performance of the night because it was uh, Lindsey Buckingham and Nine Inch Nails doing copy of A. And then right in the middle of the song, it was going to jump into Queens of the Stone Age. My God is the sun. And they started playing My God is the Sun and they fucking went to commercials and like, what in the fuck are you doing? Oh, that would have been a smack in the face for Queens so, of the Stone Age. So it was sure. basically the fucking desert sessions on stage with Lindsey Buckingham. It was like fucking crazy amount of talent on that stage. Yeah. I want to say Dave was even sitting in on the drums with Queens. and um, Probably, yeah. Josh Home and Reznor worked on the Desert Sessions way back in the fucking day, and like, yeah, and they cut away. You need to hear. They did a uh, after the fact. The Grammys tried to like placate them by releasing the uh, uh, odd, not the audition, the the rehearsal track of them doing that in its entirety, and you can find that on YouTube. Huh. So you can at least hear both songs and hear how it was supposed to be, but it, it's yeah. pretty fucking cool, dude. Like, um, what was I getting? Oh yeah, like, it's it's crazy to me how much he's matured and how much he's. I mean, him and what the hell's his name? God. Yeah, he's I this... just I just actually found the Queens of the Stone Age. Would rehearsal. you believe would you believe that the fragile didn't come out till September 21st? So that's why the fragile imprinted on us so hard. I th- because I'm it almost, was a, a, a teaser. It was the, a teaser of what was to come yeah. for that album. Yeah. yeah. Um I remembered it was like it's still like I still remember bits and pieces of the performance and everything and like it just it's it burned itself into my brain because of how fucking excited that I was, you know, we were both really excited because you were. Oh my god! That was your senior year. I'm. I've been Nine Inch Nails since the beginning of high school. So since like head like a hole on Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that too. But like <laughs> right around when the downward spiral was actually coming out, I started getting into Nine Inch Nails and um. You know, it wasn't until long after the fact that it's like, my God, do you know what the fuck we missed in those days? Seeing like Portrait Air, Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails on the Down Spiral tour, you know? Yeah, well, I was in fourth grade when... You right, know, I was my, in like sixth and seventh, so... You know, the 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 folks that are just a couple years older than us that were able to like to see that and appreciate it, man, lucky... Oh, yeah fuckers oh for sure because and where um, is where are those folks today like i have yet to meet somebody in my profession that's like just a little bit older than me that is into the same kind of music i i know a guy at work his name's craig he uh he's seen guar like 30 times no shit he's he's probably Slightly younger than our parents. And okay. I mean, 
he recently went and saw he was uh updating on Facebook Live um that Primus Ministry Slayer show. He was fucking um updating video on Facebook of like, oh here's Slayer, here's Primus, here's Ministry. It's like goddamn dude. So I, I know one, basically. That's a pretty long-winded story to say. Yeah, I know one guy. I, I know. But I um, know I know one guy. Back to Manson for a second. Do you remember? Um, man, Manson hit me at the right time like a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah. And <laughs> oh my god, I keep thinking about the uh, Diary of a Dope Fiend shirt you had that went into the behind the. Uh, behind the washing machine hide mode oh yeah yeah that and my rage against the machine shirt and my feces shitty candy shirt uh what was the other one i think the perfect drug even went away for a while yeah actually i think it went away permanently which trent hated but i still love that song and video i do too yeah Um, i uh i still not watched that movie What's that? The Lost Highway. I haven't either, and I'm a David Lynch fan. It's weird. I've watched all of Twin Peaks. I've, I, I don't know why I haven't because it seems like it would be something I would like. You know? Yeah. It if I could suffer through three long seasons of Twin Peaks, not making any goddamn sense. Then... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude. Cooper, um, it's his fucking name. Kyle McLaughlin is such a good actor. It, it's like they spent the whole acting budget on Kyle McLaughlin, and then everybody else was just whoever the fuck would fill a role. Cause like almost every other actor or actress on that show is just like wacky Tim and Eric level fucked up. <laughs> and then you have. I did <laughs> notice um the the guy that ran the gas station. Mm-hmm. Was the priest from Silver Bullet, Stephen King's Silver Bullet? God damn it, that's where I knew him from. Yeah, yep. big because I just um I the the one guy that I work for occasionally he loves horror movies and I I enjoy it because we'll sit and we'll watch horror movies all day and he bought a Stephen King collection and like it had Silver Bullet, it had Pet Cemetery, it had you know some of the older once the langoliers was in it we watched silver bullet the other day and i recognized that guy immediately because his face is so distinct he looks like frankenstein yeah he he really does frankenstein's monster yeah more than fred gwynn as herman munster looks like frankenstein he looks like fucking frankenstein because he's a big burly dude that looks like he was pieced together from other people's parts you know <laughs> um shit what was i gonna say david lynch marilyn manson nine inch uh, nails did you see fred nine inch nails is actually fred durst needs to rehearse needs to reverse what he's saying <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that wasn't like oh, autism God. loop at all. Yeah, it's, I'll say like fucking trigger. Um, every once in a while, it's funny to me. It 
uh, I have activated a trap card. Was that what that was? <laughs> like, pretty pretty much. Pretty much. It's like the self-deprecation time now. Like, um, corn, I'm never going to be embarrassed by. Like, I liked corn a hell of a lot more as a teenager. Yeah. But to see the level and the rapidity that Limp Biscuit went to hell... It, comparatively to how much I enjoyed them when they were popular, it's just so fucking embarrassing. See, they were riding a, a wave in the late 90s. Oh, yeah. That, that was incredible for that type of music. I mean, family, yeah. I think we've talked, or maybe you talked about it on DFC, but I Family Values. Family Values did a lot, but I mean, Fred... He was never the greatest front man, but as far as uh, a pitch man, maybe? I don't know. He, he found Aaron really, Lewis, and he found Cold. He would have been, yeah. Cold is still, to this day, one of my favorite fucking bands. Scooter Ward. Like, oh, yeah. Scooter Ward could shit into a microphone, and I'd probably listen to it at least once. Yeah. Yeah, and Fred found them in some bar, you know? And, like Yeah, Florida. Jacksonville. I was going to say I thought it was Jacksonville, but... Yeah, um, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, it's amazing how bad Stained is now, too. <sighs> like, Well, Aaron Lewis went all... It's the Aaron all, Lewis show. Yeah, Aaron Lewis went all country and... Um, like, Capital country. I saw it, Mike Mushock went somewhere else. St. Asonia. Yeah, I that's think, right. I think a lot of... Uh, St. Asonia should be a lot better than they are, too. Because it's Adam Gontier and fucking Stained. So, like, what the hell? Why aren't you better than you are? <laughs> I think a lot of the power bands or, like, the um, like when, when Rage Against the Machine and Chris Cornell went mm-hmm. and made Audio Slave, like, yeah. it, they, had, they had to start over. With their popularity, so to speak. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily one of those. Well, and, you know, some Soundgarden fans went and some Rage Against the Machine fans went and they found fans of their own and they stood to themselves, you know, with their own popularity. But I think that's kind of what, like, some of these other bands are having to do. Like, when Three Days Grace, when Adam Gontier and um, Three Days Grace separated... Like I, I've only heard one song with the new singer, and it was trash, and I haven't heard any more. And that was years ago. Yeah, yeah. I Three Days Grace is dead to me, and that's a band by the numbers. I can't believe how much I actually enjoy. Um, me and Nikki and Amber and I think Billy was there and stuff. We went and saw a one of those festival shows, it might've been a mayhem or an uproar or something. And three days grace was there and it was still when Adam was in the band. And I remember distinctly looking at Amber and going, Oh, here we go. You know? And then I'm singing along to every fucking song and they sound really good live. And it's like, okay, apparently I'm a three days grace fan. The first album the first album was one of those, like, uh, Smile Empty Soul's first album. When yeah. it dropped, it was solid from front to back. I listened to them countless, countless times. 
you know, like if I would put it in, it would take me back to a time that was muddled by drug use and and just emotional difficulty and loss. And yeah. Oh, yeah, because I know exactly where we were when that album came out, you know? Yeah, yeah. In it time. Was, in, it was spring of 04, and, yeah. you know, like, there, there's certain things that you experience in life that kind of just, they, they burn in. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's it's... It's similar to trauma, but it's not the same thing when it's when it's a more positive thing. But it yeah. works with the same mechanisms, I believe. Yeah, I mean, tattoos are still scars, you know. Well, that's yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. They're I just mean, they're scars. They're just different. They're ones you wanted, you know. Well, and is that actually a good analogy? It sounded good in my head. No, <laughs> no, that's that's actually a really eloquent analogy for it because it's really what it is because i mean most people don't want a fucking big old scar but that's what a tattoo is i think i remembered what i was gonna say um atticus ross yeah he's officially the second member of nine inch nails now for a couple years now yeah um trent said yeah he's my right hand man because they do all those scores together and shit um yeah did you see they recently put out a score for there's a Watchmen TV show, I think on HBO or something. It's really good. It 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 reminds me of like Apex Twins uh, ambient works. OK, I have listened to a good bit of that. Yeah, me too. That's that's my reading or going to bed music, but <laughs> which is weird. Because Apex Twin is fucking chaos. But I think, um, what's his name? Richard James? Yeah. Was, he is so fucking brilliant when it comes down to his auditory processing with patterns. Yeah. That he could, he can take stuff like the the album Drugs. Yeah. And, and make melody and beauty out of it. Because there's times when, like, I'm having full-blown panic attacks that's where i go musically yeah i agree Um, because i i can what i'm hearing like i take it in and i process the speed and you know the all the different variations that i'm hearing and allows me to capture all these fucking exploding thoughts that are spewing out all over the place in my head and recognize it and kind of pull it back to try to find the melody of where I'm at emotionally. And it kind of, it pull it back. You know what I mean? And I think that's, he, he's a wild genius when it comes to, I would argue that he's like the modern day Mozart to like Reznor being the modern day Beethoven or something like as far as composition, like just, genius composers you know yes you know it's funny and to the end of what you're saying um if you were to walk in my office at any given time 95 percent of the time i'm listening to some sort of metal or electronica usually like a break beat or like whatever the fuck apex twin is you know if they, they stand to their self i think yeah i would say that's the genre but um 
if you were to walk in my office and it's just house music in particular, like the first two major dead mouse albums, you should just spin on your heel and walk the fuck out. Yeah. Because if I'm listening to like house I'm trying to recenter my brain with the boring house music's fucking boring. I agree. It took me a long time to come to that conclusion, but house music is what I center my brain with because it's so fucking, there's such a little bit of variation to it that it's like, okay, this beat will bring my heart beat down to a regular level and I won't want to kill everything. You know what I use? What's that? There's a variation of trance called side trance, oh which God. is like 180 to 240 BPM. So like and a lot of infected mushroom. A lot of infected mushroom. There's CompuCraft. There's MFG, which is message from God. Um, Some of there's, Combi Christ is side trance. Yeah, and I mean that is that is a genre of music that for me is really really helpful with my my mental health i swing the whole way from solo piano to you know 240 bpm side trance yeah normally if i am trying to focus on something that requires 100 percent attention i am listening to side trance like that yeah. is the only way that i can maintain full focus because otherwise like i'll speak in half sentences and like yeah, I, I fuck I fucking just walk off in my head. I feel like we both probably should have been in some sort of music career of some sort. Like I I talk to people sometimes when they come in and they're just indifferent to my music and some people will love it or whatever and yeah. You know, I usually try to ask people what they listen to because I'm a firm believer that even if I don't like what you're listening to, you do you, man. Whatever gives you the fucking feeling I feel when I'm listening to really fast, brutal metal, that's cool, you know? Um, See, and I I think people who use music, regardless of what they listen to, to, to really understand themselves a little more, that is a common ground, whether it's whether it's rap, whether it's, um, you know, pop music, whether it's this, that, or the other thing, people who use music emotionally, I think there's where the difference is for me. Cause some people just don't listen some, to music. No, or they, like, I try to ask people what they're into and every once in a while I'll get a, Oh, whatever's on. And that's the wrong fucking answer for me. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you don't like anything like tell me garth brooks tell me fucking uh lil yachty tell me something what are you into you just listen to whatever that's what do you have on your phone i've got 120 gigs of music on my phone and i'm still deleting shit all the time to fucking put more on there yeah you know i'll bet you that you remember how itunes used to do the estimated playlist time when you would hit shuffle i imagine it was probably in the years it is it is and my playlist because i have a jeremy's favorites playlist okay i have it it's called best mix ever let me scroll to the bottom it'll take (laughs) best mix ever yeah it sounds so fucking lame but so right now my best mix ever is only 
1,069 songs, but it's 80 hours and 26 minutes of music. So, you know, I'd be all right for three and a half days or something if I just played it through. Damn. and, like, you'll have anything from fucking KMFDM to Fear Factory and Soulfly, and then I'll have, oh, and like... Oh, that's... Yeah, I, I go industrial at times. And... I got fucking Ween on there. Like, <laughs> every time I hear a song that imprints on me, like, uh, there's this cool fucking song by uh, The Veils, they're called. They did a... The most recent season of Twin Peaks, they would go to the roadhouse at the end of every episode, and as the commercials was playing, they would have some band play an entire song on an episode of Twin Peaks. Okay. So the Veils played this song called Axolotl, and it's really fucking neat. And I got into them through Twin Peaks, but it's... also cool because they had nine inch nails on an episode uh, yeah. yep they they had uh eddie vetter on an episode oh, like, shit. yeah what, and they named him nowadays pearl jam oh uh, pearl jam still exists i didn't yeah, dude. Yeah. i didn't realize that um eddie vetter's a fucking god um yeah there it is edward lewis severson is what they named him on the episode and i had no fucking clue who it was till you hear eddie vetter's voice you know because they the the barker at the roadhouse and named him by his real name so when he started singing it's like oh fuck that's eddie vetter you know cool story he's 54 that's wild to me is that it i actually yeah dude i actually thought he was older than that like, I'm kind of surprised he was 30 when Jeremy came out. Oh, well, no, he would have been, like, 27. Jeremy was the first song I remember by them. And I hated it for the longest fucking time. Cause Dude, it's I remember it. how fucking badass 10 was on cassette tape. Oh, my God, that album. 10 and Verses is where they fucking just were awesome to me, you know? <laughs> Some of their newer stuff doesn't resonate with me much, but, like, you go and listen to most of the tracks off their first two major albums, and it's just, okay, I can deal with this, you know? What the fuck? I, uh, I had been trying to, I don't know, I haven't been exploring much in the way of like newer music i've been just kind of like listening to the same stuff like a pattern routine type stuff you know what i mean like i have a, a side trance pandora radio i have an industrial yeah. i have like a general listen uh metal urgy i call it for just general metal okay um it's you know it runs the whole gamut from like 80s thrash and speed to like newer stuff um i heard save me from the new lacuna coil album yeah and that album was is so fucking good it is it really is um god 
There's so much stuff. I try to dip my uh, beak into new shit as often as I can. And then I'll like spin out for months at a time just absorbing somebody's discography. Yeah, and that's where a lot of times I find myself like I am still listening to older Opeth. Oh, yeah. Still like Damnation. Uh, watershed still life like i'm still Ghost reveries yeah i'm still in that time period um you know and i i don't know what like and this is gonna sound extremely like i'm gonna show my my puzzle piece here but like there has to be a certain amount of emotional mathematics that um though that that music creates for you know the depth and what would the word be pragmatic uh observation okay yeah yeah that works for sure pragmatic observation um i don't know i with the recent itunes update they have like almost karaoke style lyrics added to everything on almost everything on apple music and i find that really fucking cool because there's a lot of opeth as much as i've listened to it i have never really known the words i know the gist but like yeah it has all the lyrics and it it's plays po- them. it's poetry oh and, yeah and um a lot of i guess myself even though i don't recreationally read I think like I I revere literature and poetry specifically um you know that that kind of that is what it is but um I think a lot of where I am most times when I when I'm listening to that is um just absorbing the motivation for the the inspiration for the the poetry that's you know so well fused with just wonderful technical prog metal yeah 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 i felt you dipping your toes in the water with devin townsend recently and i feel like you pulled out and i really want you to dive in further there's so much devin townsend to absorb it's crazy for me a lot of times like i have to keep myself from ramping up so to speak yeah because when i get when i go into something new i go hard and a lot of times like it's it's detrimental to me like i won't sleep instead i'll i'll listen to an album three or four times and you know i'll just see how i feel see what it makes me think and i'll and i'll observe that and i kind of go like i go i ambulate in my head like i go missing in my own head you know what i mean like yeah. i'll go walking through the thoughts and the feelings that i have when i experience something yeah i do the same i have that's one good thing about a two-hour commute yeah definitely you have plenty of time to listen to a podcast or plenty of time to listen to a new album or something you know See, that's something I haven't been doing a lot of lately is listening to podcasts. 
Really? Like when we first started out and like right before we started recording Problematic Cast and stuff, like I was in it and I was listening to it. And I really – it's not that I lost interest. I just – it wasn't giving me enough of what I needed. I last, understand that. I uh... Last podcast is pretty, uh, pretty good for – keeping me entertained because of the nature of their show, like the things that they talk about. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff that's it's it all comes off as small talk. Well, I mean that's what we're doing. Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, we go into some deep analysis of stuff, you know, and yeah. metaphor and, you know, evaluate things i mean we're not sitting here talking about it's cold outside i have a big red truck uh-huh. that's true you know what I, I, mean? uh, I probably would have thrown in the towel if that was the case yeah i can't do small talk small talk cripples me internally like i just want to scream if i don't have like that automated function of conversation i just can't do it yeah if, if i'm not thinking and being present in a conversation. I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah, pretty much. I'm the same damn way. I hate when people try to small talk me when it should be just a uh, binary conversation. It's like, okay, you I, got what you wanted. I'm done. I, I don't I, need to talk to you right now. I read a book. Um, here's here's one for the, the records. I read a book a while back. It was called The Celestine Prophecies. I think it was still in high school when I actually read it. Maybe just out of high school. Yeah. Um, it was a book. It talked about spiritual insights that you come across in your life. And one of the insights that are taught in that book is that if you make direct eye contact with somebody who is trying to get your eye contact, mm-hmm. that, that person has something important and relevant to share with you. Like we all carry information that could save somebody's life. Yeah, true. Or help them. We could teach them along the way. And, you know, I try to like I try to make eye contact with people or, you know, observe their eye contact because a lot of times it'll spawn a conversation of personal nature where like maybe they provide insight on something I'm working through or I can provide insight on something they're working through. I think that's more the intent of language, you know, from my interpretation at least. Yeah. As opposed to like, it's cold outside, it's gonna snow. Boy, I hate this job. Boy, this job, you know. Boy, I am really, you know, I'm really smoking a lot of cigarettes today. Yeah, like I can't. I'd just much rather not talk at all. There's times I don't talk for hours and hours, and I'm completely satisfied with that because the words that I am working on in my head, I'm saving because they have to have some amount of value. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I feel like... I think that's why I've been struggling lately to um, make another episode of, of the Variance Engine is because I got to a point where it was hard to find the right words. Well, yeah, I understand why that would be hard. I mean, you're bleeding your fucking soul onto the 
not onto the page. You know what I'm saying? Well, essentially, I am handwriting. I am handwriting or typing it, the script before I read it. Well, then you're fucking bleeding your soul for everybody. So I think everybody understands that it takes a little bit, you know? Well, I, I just expected it to go a little bit easier than it has been. I mean, we're talking pretty <laughs> deep shit, you know? Well, yeah. I keep thinking about uh, doing a, what do they call them? Not a premiere podcast, but like serial. I would consider Variance Engine one like that where, um, you know, if it got in the right ears, it would be huge, you know, like serial, yeah. like fucking yeah. uh, my favorite monster or whatever the fuck it's called. One of those true crime things or something. I want to do it on chronic pain and my 10 year struggle with my goddamn spine. And I don't know, maybe instead I'll just breathe dirt. <laughs> maybe you should fucking pound sand. <laughs> Thanks for taking the ride with us, guys. We'll see you next time. Later.